right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, Check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash The Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 136 of The Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, I hope you enjoy the show. Listen, there is one way you can support the show. And that is sharing it with anyone you think would benefit. So if you're new here and you enjoy it, please, please share it with anyone that you think would benefit from its message. Now, let's get into this. Journey Updates. I'm down 4.6 pounds this week. For the month of April, down 3.8 pounds. Total loss since January 2019, 158.6 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the milestone of 175 pounds lost, 16.4 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound lost mark. 41.4 pounds away. For my consistency challenge, week 21 ended in success. Week 22 has begun. No changes whatsoever are being projected. We are going to ride this out to week 24, and we are going to call this a successful uh, attempt to, number one, make five workouts a week the norm. And number two, have two of those workouts be a Leslie Sansone workout, even though I kind of want to transition to this weight workout that I can see my wife doing now instead of the Leslie Sansone. So after week 24, I might be making that switch. Now, I want to talk about week one of the transition to paying attention to macros. You already know, based on hearing last week's podcast, week day one of week one ended in failure. Now, what constituted a failure was I had projected to be able to cut my carb intake a, a minimum of 194 grams. And so as long as I was there and I was within calories, I considered the day a success. So day one, we know already, was a failure based on last week's podcast. Day two, three, four, and five all ended in success. I am 
pretty proud to say that. I had some moments, and I'm going to go over those moments. I'm going to play some recordings. I did some voice recordings. I had some moments during the week, and I'll let you hear them, and then I'll make my comments about those moments. Eventually, as I make this transition, my macro goal is this. For each day to eat 2,300 calories. 229 grams will be protein, 144 grams will be carbohydrates, and 90 grams would be fat. Now, I want to compare that to my baseline week. Everything I ever do is going to be compared to baseline. And that was the reason why I did everything so meticulously for the baseline week because I wanted to do everything as I used to behave And this way, as I change my behavior going forward, I can see whether or not I'm making progress. And we're doing it based on averages, okay? My average calorie consumption per day on the baseline week was 2,652 calories. For week one, my average calorie consumption was 2,384 calories. My week one, my, my baseline protein consumption daily averaged 188 grams. Week one protein consumption averaged 258 grams. My... Baseline carb consumption averaged 406 grams. My week one carb consumption averaged 210 grams. My baseline fat consumption averaged 45 grams. My week one fat consumption averaged 66 grams. So overall, I, I, can, I can feel nothing but great things about this. I am very happy with week one being this because even so, going from 406 to 210 grams of carbs, that's, it's a great transition. Great, great transition. We are on to week two now. It is Tuesday, and I'm on day two of week two. I'll do a report each week on how I do. But I do want to play the a few moments that I, I had some struggles last week. And I'm going to play those for you right now. So it is Tuesday, April 11th, and it's 8 p.m., I'm looking back on today and I'm feeling really good right now. I am right where I want to be calorically. I'm right where I want to be for protein. Carbs, I'm still above what I'm supposed to be at, but I'm less than half of where I was. And today, I can easily say, was a successful day. 
And thinking back on yesterday, around 9.30, I started to feel cravings. And it went until 10 o'clock or 10.30. And it got worse and worse and worse. Before yesterday, I never once felt like I wanted to eat my second meal of the day before 11 o'clock. Never had this issue. But yesterday, for whatever reason, I think I can only imagine that it's psychological, that I wanted to have something before 11 o'clock. It is what it is. I got through it. But today feels really good. Today feels like a successful day. April 13th, 9.24 a.m. I am already feeling hungry today. And I noticed a correlation between today and the other day where I felt hungry in the 9 o'clock hour. When the mornings aren't as busy, like meetings get canceled, whatever the case may be, I definitely am starting to get hungrier earlier. On the days where it's filled with meetings in the morning, food is the last thing on my mind. So if this proves anything to me is that the feeling that I'm hungry this early in the morning is certainly psychological. So it's Friday, April 14th. It's about, it's a little after two o'clock. Having cravings today for salty snacks. This has not, uh, this is not uncommon. I've, I've had this happen before. Um, it's not surprising that it would happen now. All I could do is eat the lunch I prepared for myself and keep going and make it to uh, dinner. It is April 14th and it's about 10 p.m. I think today was the most difficult day so far. The urge for salty snacks came at like two o'clock and it was pretty bad. It was probably the first craving I've had since I started um, the new way of eating on Monday. I um, I barely dealt with it. I made a recording in the moment and that barely helped. It took uh, every bit of me to make it until lunchtime. There would probably be people that would say, well, why didn't you just eat lunch at the time when you felt all of this? Um, I don't really have a great answer for it except for the fact that I always have eaten on a schedule and this has never affected me before. So 
I don't want to change around that schedule because at least I don't think I should have to. I'll just say it like that. Not that I don't want to. I don't think I should have to. I haven't changed much here. And for me to be fighting the urge the way I was, I was uh, like fiending for it. Well, we'll see. Next week, we'll start another week and we'll see how it goes. Based on what I noticed here, it definitely helps me to have a busy morning. Busy mornings, I almost never looked for food at an abnormal time. And they always were in much easier day to get through. And I was, I was pretty happy that, for the most part, the mornings are busy and I don't have to worry about it. For Friday being my worst day, it was, I had um, a taste of pretzels again. I never, I hadn't struggled with binge eating in a long time. And recently I was put on steroids because I have this thing going on on my leg where I have wounds that just won't heal. And so they had put me on some steroids back and I'm, I'm seeing a dermatologist and it's, it's a slow progression, but it is progressing. But during that time when I was on the steroids, I was ravenous. And I, I gave in to pretzels during that time. And it became like the daily thing to do was binge eat on pretzels every day that week. As you know, taking steroids comes to an end after seven days. But the cravings for the pretzels never ended. So it's almost like I had to wean myself off of them. Since I weaned myself off of them, it took a few weeks to do it. And I had mentioned it on the podcast a few times. It has randomly popped up just out of nowhere. It has been probably three weeks or two weeks since the last time it randomly popped up on me. But for last week to hit to Friday... And probably in one of my weakest moments to feel the need for that. The want to go downstairs and grab fistfuls of pretzels and eat them. It took everything in me to fight it off. It was the probably the first time in a long time I was in a white knuckle situation. At the time when it was at its worst, it was only... 15 minutes away from when I would normally eat lunch. And it was almost like a godsend. I ended up receiving a a work phone call at 2.15 on Friday. And I just was on the phone helping whatever the situation was. And because of that, the need for the pretzels eluded me for a little while. And as I was on the phone... I started to pull my lunch out and get ready to eat it. Now, before I eat my lunch, I have to weigh the fruit that's in that lunch. I have to weigh the peppers, the carrots, all the things that I eat with lunch. So as soon as I weighed one thing, I would start eating it to stop myself from wanting the pretzels. That was the whole goal. 
stop myself wanting the pretzels. I was able to succeed that day. I'm not going to pretend here that there aren't probably going to be days in the future where I, lo- I don't lose that battle. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So as I sit here, it's uh, Tuesday, a little after five in the evening. I'm looking back at my mentality, like before I even read the book, 
and how I thought about things, how I thought things were going. I perceived myself to be successful in a completely different way than I actually was. I, If you would have asked me, I was living a low-carb, high-protein lifestyle. And my results in my mind were the proof of that. I start to read the book, and I become more and more interested in the idea of macronutrients. And the one thing I'll say to you right now is, I when I first started, I believed macronutrients was another plan. Like Weight Watchers is a plan, like Healthy is a plan, like Jenny Craig is a plan, like Keto is a plan. I thought macronutrients was a plan. But it isn't. It's not at all. If anything, macronutrients, what it truly is, it is a way of seeing how you actually eat. It's almost like pointing the mirror at what you think you know and showing you what you actually know. Think of it that way. And as I went through and started tracking all of the food as I eat it into the new app, I went in with that mentality that I was living this high-protein, low-carb lifestyle, and the fact that I lost 150 pounds should be proof of that. What was revealed to me instead was that I was living an extremely high-carb and low-protein lifestyle. So it almost exposes the truth of anything you put in your mouth. And so much of what we deal with, we make choices based on what we think. Because we've been taught certain ways, and there's two different ways to look at this. On, in the Weight Watcher world, we've been taught that as long as you stay within your points, you will lose weight. And this is true up to a certain extent. And in the calorie world, we've been taught that as long as you take in less calories than you burn you'll lose weight. Again, this is true. Except both of these scenarios, all points are created equal and all calories are created equal. Calories in, calories out, and as long as you stay within your points. And it doesn't matter what the points are coming from as long as you stay within them. This, this is where the world of macronutrients starts to break the illusion. We've been told, oh, there's no good or bad food. It's everything's on the table. It's all okay. And this is for your mentality. 
right? This is so that if you th- have decide to have a slice of cake, you don't think you're fa- yourself a failure because of it. That's what it's for. I understand it. I get it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But it also perpetrates that all points are created equal. This isn't the case. Eight points of chocolate cake is not equal to eight points of prime rib. Okay, it's just, it's not the same. There are, a cer- there's a certain way to eat for every individual. And I'm not saying you can't veer from that. I'm saying that once calories in and calories out stops working, and once staying within your points stops working, then there is paying attention to what you're actually putting in your mouth. Now, a lot of times we're saying, well, you just got to change it up. That's the, that's the terminology. You just got to change it up. Well, well, what are you eating now? What could we change it to? And that's fine. You could do that too. In my mind, this is guesswork. You're just, there's a dartboard on the wall and there's a bunch of sticky notes on it on things you could change and you're throwing the dart and you see where it lands. And hey, look, if you like doing things like this, fine, do it like that. But the one thing macronutrients has taught me is there is a clear direction you can go. Do you have to be 100% in this direction? No. Nothing has to be perfect. But it has to be consistent. And your, when you see the value of each thing you put in your mouth and how everything has a value, you can see that clearly however much chicken is not equal to however much chocolate cake. There's always going to be one thing better for you than the other. And when you get to these points where your body is so finite as to what it has become used to, macronutrients will teach you a clear direction that you can take that will get you more results. You know what's funny? When I started it all, I was so afraid. Afraid that I wouldn't get it right. Afraid that it was too complicated to understand. And afraid that I would mess up what I created already. And all I kept telling myself was, well, you've been stuck here for a year. If you want to stay stuck here, Continue doing what you're doing. If you don't, dare to do something different. I took the knowledge I gained and I made moves. And you know what? The 
whatever I thought about how it would go, however intimidated I thought I was by the information itself, once I actually put the information into practice, I realized how simplistic it actually is. Putting it into practice is going to do far more for you than I can't, I, I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many people you talk to. I don't care how much advice you get. You're always going to remain scared, nervous, intimidated until you actually implement. This macro thing, it's not a new plan. It can literally be placed in any other plan. It is a way of exposing the food you eat and giving you an educated look of the value of your food. And if you know in order to succeed, you have to make certain changes, you would also know what to concentrate on that needs to be changed. In my case, when I did my baseline week and I saw... I was averaging 400 grams of carbohydrates a day. It was easy to see what cut needed to be made. Yet, had I never done this, I would have told the world that I'm eating a high-protein, low-carb lifestyle. This is what you need to hear the most. I was able to use this tool to narrow down the changes that I needed to make to break through this cycle of maintaining. Now, you can certainly do whatever you want and guess your way through it. But this tool definitely served its purpose in a very quick period of time to narrow down the most obvious problem that I had. Sometimes the simplest tools give us exactly what we need. And the only thing making it complicated is our willingness to give it a shot. Look, at the end of the day, everything you started when you started this journey you had no idea what you were doing. Every step of the way, you tripped, you stumbled, you fell, you scraped your knee, you did whatever you could possibly do to mess up. And yet, here you are. So, if you're out there right now, and you feel like, just like I've been feeling, you've been maintaining for a quick period of time here, and you're just sick of maintaining, you're looking for that change. What should you change? What, what should you do to guarantee some of the results? Look, all you need to do is use a new set of tools. And all around you, there are tools. Your ability to understand those tools comes with your willingness to just mess up. That's what's separating you from what you want. 
your fear of messing up has to go. Because messing up is how you got here. It's how you got this far. It's how I got this far. So why are we going to stop now? We keep messing up. We keep doing things. We stumble. We fall. We fix ourselves and we keep going over and over and over again. And that's what you got to keep going. That's how life works. You fall. You fix yourself. You get back up and you keep moving forward. When are you going to get that? Why is it okay all of those other times that got you to this point, but why is it not okay to keep stumbling moving forward? Get it out of your head. This semblance of success is holding you back if you're afraid to mess up anymore. Stop this nonsense. You need to make a change? Make the change. You're going to mess up a bunch of times. So what? At least it's progress. It's something. You're working toward a goal no matter how many times you mess up. You're messing up just standing here. So what? You might as well mess up making progress. The only way we can continue forward in our journey is to jump off the cliff and do what we need to do no matter how scary it actually is. In the end, all of it is worth it. The the nervousness, the tension, everything is worth it. When the success comes from what you try, it's priceless. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.